Hello, this is Lawrence Lewis. And this is Sister Christian. Today is Wednesday, April 1st, 2020. This is the Producers Happy Hour. Two producers on opposite coasts reaching out to our filmmaking and live event community to hear your stories about how this pandemic has affected you, your life, and your work. It's important to keep sharing our experiences. Your stories let us know that we're not alone. Email us, or better yet, record a one- to two-minute voice memo and send it to producershappyhour at gmail.com. Just follow the instructions on our website, producershappyhour.com. And share this show with friends and colleagues. We want our stories to be heard. We think it's important to keep the community closer, so please share. Yes. All right, Lawrence, today we're chatting with production designer Katie Byron. Yeah. Katie is a production designer for film, television, and commercials. Mostly film and television. She does a lot of narrative stuff. It'll be great to get her perspective. She's based here in L.A., but works all over the world. Excited to chat with her today. Uh, I'm excited. How are you doing, Christian? So, uh, I'm doing oh, fine. I'm just going to say fine. Yeah, no, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. I don't know that um, I'm feeling one way or the other. I had a hour and a half conversation with my mother this morning. Um, she oh. lives in Kentucky, so it's always interesting to check in with the non-coastal communities um, to see how mm -hmm. it's going because it is different. You know, yeah. obviously, um, she's over 65 and the her husband's over 65. And, you know, just checking to see how if they go out and the groceries and all of those things, how they're doing because I can't help her physically. I can't physically mm. be there to help her. So, yeah, I mean, she seems to be doing well, but an hour and a half is a long time to talk to your mom. That's, I'm that's sure, a long conversation. I'm sure everyone out there knows that, but just saying it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but she's okay? Everything's fine? Um, yeah, everything's fine. It was just a, a long conversation, you know, just checking in with each other. Uh, we do it every few days. We don't speak every day. So, yeah, yeah. everything's fine. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm, I came back to L.A. for a few days and uh, working from here. And it's fine. Yeah, I drove through the neighborhood and saw everything closed. And it's, you know, sad to see my little beautiful neighborhood of Los Feliz kind of all shuttered up. Mm -hmm. But I'm here. I'm going to order from some restaurants, do what I can to support yeah, them. Yeah, get some uh, of those um, home state <laughs> margaritas, which I'm jealous uh -huh. about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody in the Silver Lake area, Los Feliz, yeah. Echo Park, please. Home state. Yeah. <laughs> get a jug, jug of margaritas from home state. It's amazing. I know. The meatball shop here in Williamsburg Deliver mm. will deliver you a cocktail for four, which they send out a mixer with liquor in a mason jar. And then, um, yeah, I got something called a pomegranate mule, which is a Moscow mule, but with pomegranate juice, it seems. So they sent a side can of uh, ginger beer and then a mm. vodka pomegranate infused mix in a mason jar. And then you nice. just make up your drinks yourself. So did, did I don't know how the liquor licenses work there in New York, but here. They suspended it. They did. Okay. Same thing with us. Yeah. Yeah. They allowed any restaurant to sell cash and carry booze. Yes. Which, which is. <laughs> even if they never had a liquor license before, mm -hmm. which is amazing. It is. It, it keeps. Very smart exactly. on behalf of our. <laughs> And I don't know that a lot of restaurants have received that information here in New York because some of them still aren't selling alcohol. But I can say that, you know, the especially the ones in Williamsburg, if you live in Brooklyn, are all 
catching on to the, you know, either sending a bottle of wine with your meal or, you know, a pre-mixed um, cocktail. Right. So home state. Yes. And you're back for a little bit. Yeah, back for a little bit, sleep in my own bed, check our mail and check in on the house. And that's about it. Then we'll probably go back out after the weekend to Joshua Tree. Yes. Uh, it's nice. Very fortunate to have both places. Yes. So we're, we're taking advantage of it. <laughs> Good. between the two. <laughs> well, today's um, the first day it hasn't rained in New York. It's There's bright blue sunshine out there. So I'm going to get out for a walk after this. Good. So a few things to share with everybody before we dive into a voice memo. The Freelancers Union, who we've been talking about, they posted that form letter that we have on our website that you can send to state officials. They have come out with a kind of an explanatory blog post about what the CARES Act means for freelancers. And for everybody to remember, the CARES Act is the Coronavirus Relief and Economic Security Act. Some aspects of this act that do apply for self-employed or Mm -hmm. small business people. We were talking about this earlier. Christian, you operate as an S-corp. Yes. Just like I do, right? Mm -hmm. So you bill everything through your corporation, and you are technically the sole employee of the company. And that's how I operate as well. So we qualify under the Small Business Payroll Protection Plan. So for people that operate like us through a corporation – There is some sort of aspect to this benefits package that we do qualify for. And then there's also there's 1099 people and then there's people that just go on payroll. So we all have different ways of getting paid. And the Freelancers Union breaks it down for us in this blog post. It's called What the CARES Act Means for Freelancers. Search for it on their website, freelancersunion.org, and we're going to put a link in the show notes. I think that's great. And I think that if anybody out there is starting the process or has any findings that you have or any tips, we'd love to have you on so you can walk us through it. I know that, you know, I need to start looking at those things. Um Procrastination, I'm sure, is part of it, but um, I don't, you know, I don't even know where to begin. I'm sure I can read it and find out. But if somebody would like to come on and, you know, uh, tell us about (laughs) your experience, that would be great. Yeah, I've actually I've reached out to the Freelancers Union. Maybe we can get them on to see if they can walk us through all the various aspects of it. Fantastic. Also, my accountant, I've been talking to him. I might see if he can come on and talk to us about what our options are. Oh, is your accountant uh, L.A. based? He's actually not. He's remote, but he works for a lot of uh, freelancers and self-employed people. Uh, So, Christian, have you seen this ad in your feed from Facebook? It's like shots of empty streets and empty cities. Yes, I have seen it. It appears to be stock footage, but a lot of it looks practical. Yeah, I'm not sure what was shot, what wasn't shot. You know, I know Facebook is a little under fire and, you know, especially, you know, these past few years with the political ads and stuff. So I know not a lot of people are happy with them, but I have to say this is actually a pretty nice spot that they've put together. It's promoting basically a, a support fund. It's facebook.com slash COVID support. This video is it could very well be stock footage. Some of it looks no, it, current, though. It's pretty heartfelt. It looks like what they've done is um, taken iPhone videos or postings and have, you know, added them to maybe some stock footage, but a lot of it looks really current. It's really well done. And the most amazing thing that I like about this is it features UK artist by the name of Kate Tempest. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of her at all? Yes. She is amazing. If you haven't listened to Kate Tempest, now is the time more than ever. She's kind of a spoken word, kind of beat poet slash kind of rap artist. 
her voice and her stories are uh, behind this video. So if you see it in your feed, unclick it, listen to Kate Tempest. <laughs> and then uh, you can go to the slash COVID support, Facebook slash COVID support, and it offers you a bunch of different ways how you can help. Yes. either financially or how you can volunteer or, or anything. I think volunteering is pretty important. So yeah. yeah, this is a great way to look and see if there's something that you feel that you could do. So Crew Nation by Live Nation. Have you heard about this? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me all so, about it. <laughs> crew members are basically the backbone of the live music industry, right? Um, we hope yeah. Uh, you'll join us in supporting them through this temporary intermission until we can once again unite millions of people around the world um, through power of music. Basically, Live Nation has committed 10 million bucks to Crew Nation, mm. contributing an initial 5 million to the fund and matching 5 million. And it's basically given by artists, fans, and employees dollar for dollar. And this is to help out those crew members who are not working right now. That's awesome. So they're following suit with some studios and some other organizations to support the backbone of their industry of people that are now out of work for the foreseeable future. Yeah. I mean, we've been talking about concerts and stuff and large gatherings. I realize that, you know, the way that Live Nation has done business up until this point is changing. It's going to change right away. So uh, it's about brand and how you act during this time. So I'm glad that they're stepping yeah. up. This is great. Great news. So I have to actually have two more things sure. I want to talk what about. Sure, FeelUSA.org. I saw this last night in one of the Facebook groups for, you know, filmmakers. It's apparently uh, an organization put together by a fellow producer by the name of Nick Quinto. So the website is FeelUSA.org. Mm -hmm. Feel like F-E-E-L-USA.org. And it ref I, the reason I wanted to talk about it today because it reflects exactly what we were talking about two days ago with Sean. You know, he said if there was a production manager in the administration kind of running this, this right. thing, mm -hmm. all the relief efforts would be working so much better. Right. Tongue in cheek. We get it. You know, there's probably a lot we don't know, but we are a resilient and mm -hmm. very resourceful and fast acting team of people, us film production, film and live event production people. Exactly. And this guy, Nick Quinto, recognized that. So he took his film production company and turned it into basically services for emergency logistics, basically. So they're offering dispatch and delivery. They're offering warehousing, procurement and fabrication. His wife is making masks right. and, and also community outreach. And he's put out a call to people to join them and be part of this production community turned emergency response team. So on the website, he says, with the disruption in the workforce, scores of tri-state workers are now unemployed. Due to the very nature of the entertainment industry, we are now on hiatus indefinitely. The silver lining is that the tri-state area has a battle-hardened, versatile army who routinely work 12 to 14 hours a day under stress and in all conditions. Mm -hmm. And that's us, the film production community and live event production community. So he's proud to announce that he's retooling his production company for emergency logistics and fabrication. So I thought that was that was pretty impressive and spot on with what we were talking about the other day. Yeah, I mean, you you see something that's needed and you go and you do it. It's very appealing to our personalities. Plus, if we don't know something, we can learn it in a day. I really do have yeah. that. <laughs> or totally. maybe two. Absolutely. Maybe two. <laughs> because maybe two. that's what we've had to do. I can remember even as a PA, like not knowing something, I would never say that I didn't know it, but I would ask three no. other people how to do it and I would know. Yeah. It was just, it's just in our blood to do that. 
So good on you, Nick. Yeah, good good on you, Nick. Uh, I've reached out to him, see if he'd pop on the show oh, with us. So we'll see if we can get him on to chat about yeah. it and spread his message. But yeah, what you were saying, Christian, I, I remember reading a, a book about filmmaking early on when I was in college. And You went to college? <laughs> Well, no, I always find people in this industry are, um, you know, a lot of them went to college for things that they don't use these days. So it's a a very self-taught industry, but sorry. It is. So I remember reading something uh, as a kid when I was in college about the film industry and somebody's advice. I don't remember who it was. It was surround yourself with experts in the things you don't know and learn from them and ask questions. And so, you know, that's that's what we do, Christian, when we're on a job is we surround ourselves with experts and glean all the information from them that we can. And that's how we tackle new things. Yeah. I mean, that's how I've always felt about, you know, the crew members that we hire, the heads of each department. We've hired the best person that we know or that the director or the DP knows in order to do the job that we've asked them to do. So as, you know, we're facilitators, you know, we know what they do for a living, but I don't know the ins and outs of how to program a menu on a red camera. Don't do it because I don't, I don't need to know how, because it's, I've hired an individual who is an expert in it. I think that what Nick is doing for feel, I think it's great. I just went on his site. I hope he comes on to talk to us. So Lawrence, voice memo time. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I know. I love getting these. I I love them. So today we have a voice memo from Melanie Gonick, who is a video producer and editor at MIT. Let's take a listen. My name is Melanie Gonick. I am out of Cambridge, Massachusetts. I am the video producer and editor for MIT News. And MIT News is a news office located within the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. So we operate just like any other news outlet, except we are very MIT-centric. So since I'm not freelance, I am still working. I have had shoots cancel. I had shoots that were scheduled for March that obviously didn't happen. And I had schedules that were rescheduled for April that will not happen. I also have even more future shoots that I can see us eventually canceling. One of the unique things about my job is we cover a lot of the research that comes out of the Institute. And often that research is actually done well ahead of publication. So for instance, a researcher could be working on something a year before now, or a year prior, I should say, and just now it's being published. So there's been opportunity for me to capture things before this all went down without us even knowing when it would run. So luckily for me, I do have a nice chunk of content that is still going to be published eventually that I will be working on to tell those stories. But otherwise, just like most people, we've had to kind of pivot our focus. MIT's working on a lot of research right now related to COVID-19. So I've had opportunities to assist in telling that story creatively. I do a lot of audio work for my job. So in that sense, nothing in that regard has changed because that's something that is easily done remotely. I might not be in my nice studio that I have on campus, but I am still able to capture audio. It's just really hard. I would say that I'm I'm so lucky to have a job and I keep working and I'm motivated to be creative. And I think that if I wasn't, I would still just try as hard as I could to stay creative. It's hard 
to stay creative in a time like this, even if it's something low key, like making funny videos for Instagram, like whatever. I think it's just really important to keep your mental health healthy. And a lot of that involves just being stimulated. So I don't know what to tell people except just please try to keep your brain functioning and moving. And, you know, if you have equipment that you own, just go out and shoot stuff, document this process. I don't know, start your own documentary maybe. Could be worth it something someday. Good luck. I mean. Yeah, it uh, it can be hard to be creative right now. <laughs> I definitely have big aspirations in times like these to be like, I want to make everything. But then <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it is. It's a little challenging. It is. I also um, think she's doing some housekeeping too, you know, going yeah. back and looking yeah. and such and, uh, you know, reflecting, which I think is important as well. Yeah. Well, thank you, Melanie. That's an interesting perspective. Yeah. Being full time and focused specifically at one institution on stories about that institution. It's good that you're keeping busy. And thanks. Uh, thanks for sending in your story. Much appreciated. Yes. Thank you very much. All right. So, Christian, you sent me this petition about New York City rents. Do you want to talk about it a little? Yes. Um, there's a petition that we've been mentioning about um, trying to get at least Mayor de Blasio kickstarted into the right direction on how to fix this, because now it's April 1st. And I realize that it's a countrywide situation and that, you know, New York City is a very dense population with skyrocketing rents where a lot of people are living paycheck to paycheck, as we all know. There's a big movement here to not pay the rent. I think that the second stimulus package that we're going to pass, I know it's being worked on right now because we're going to be doing this longer than we thought, will hopefully begin to address that because everything that I've seen, you know, banks are getting breaks. Landlords who own multiple buildings are getting deferments. Mortgages are getting deferred. But the one thing that isn't are tenants. And I do think that the rent-controlled apartments in New York are getting some relief. But for those of us who are, you know, because basically a rent-controlled apartment in New York is like winning the lottery. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, those get will, <laughs> those are put in people's wills. Or <laughs> so yeah, right. to give to their kids, you know what I mean? Like they are, they're yeah, just yeah. The, the transfer of it's amazing of how that system works. So <laughs> those of us who aren't doing that are still looking for ways on how to either get a little bit of relief or, you know, some sort of action. So I can post a different article as well that just kind of gives a nice sum up of where we're at for New York City. I do know that here in L.A., you know, we talked about the new terms. You have a year to pay back these three months of rent. Yes. However, there was a video I saw last night protesting around the mayor's home here in L.A. And if you've never seen a protest during times of isolation, it's interesting. It's a train of cars honking and circling his home <laughs> with signs in the window oh, that wow. says, cancel rent, cancel rent. And they're just going in a circle around his home. That's what a protest looks like right now. I had no idea. But that's happening because, rightly so, the, think, the thinking out here is that we're never going to get back these three months to make that money that we mm. owe. Yep. Right. It should all just be forgiven. It should not be postponed, deferred, paid back later. These three months of rent should be forgiven. Yes. And that's what those people are fighting for in their cars circling uh, Mr. Garcetti's home. 
here in LA. That's an interesting um, way because, you know, when I, when I think protest, I think of people marching in the streets with signs and, you know, the people's ingenuity right now yeah. Yeah, on how exactly. to, on how to protest safely and, but still getting their word out there. I mean, I like it because that would be annoying. <laughs> Those horns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can, <laughs> I can hear it now. You know, the one thing that yeah. I've noticed in New York, by the way, side note is there's no horns. You hear oh, horns right. all the time because we all use our horns time. like, you know. It's, it's like a, it's a third, it's like a second language to you guys. <laughs> it's like a, <laughs> it's like, it you know, in the, you know, the hillbillies have their own hollers that they do. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. Cause yeah, there's like, my family had 14. One. Yeah. There's like 14 different styles of a horn honk and they all mean something different <laughs> and if you're there long enough you'll start to hear what they mean exactly <laughs> one is like hey move it and the other one's like hey move it <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> but yeah and the, other, the third one's hey fucking move it <laughs> exactly so um it's uh it's yeah there's no horns it's eerie it's eerie, I yeah, think, right? it is a little bit. It's nice, um, you know, but it's also a little bit eerie because you begin to get used to those things living in a dense city. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to put the link to this petition in our show notes and on their website. I haven't seen anything similar to this extent uh, for L.A., but I'll keep looking. And if I do find one for L.A., I'll, I'll include that as well. Yeah, I think um, change.org is a pretty good barometer. And there's a few others out there, too. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's get to our interview, shall we? I'm excited. So, Katie Byron is a production designer for film, television, and commercials. She began her studies at UC Berkeley in architecture, but quickly realized her interest in space and design was more aligned for storytelling. This led to a natural transition into film and interactive installation art. Her upbringing in literature, writing, music, and travel has played a huge role in her development as a collaborator and a creator. And she believes that it's that extracurricular activity that has the greatest influence on our work. Her recent credits include Booksmart, Color Out of Space, and Zola. Let's take a listen. Katie, thank you so much for joining us. Um, can you tell us a little bit? First, we want to start with how are you? How are you doing through all this? How's you, your family, your loved ones? Man, there's too much to say, but um, I'm doing really, I'm doing really well. Like I feel, I feel great. My family is doing well. Um, I feel very fortunate in these times, but, you know, of course, it's it's a challenging time for the rest of the world. So we'd love to hear a little background on yourself and what type of projects you work on and what was happening when everything went down. I am a production designer for feature films and television. I actually I feel really fortunate and very prepared in this time because I was planning on taking some time off during this period. Mm. I had worked for like two years back to back, movie after movie after movie, TV show, movie. And um, I just, I, I needed a break. And so the last job I did was a, was a job with Mike Mills where we were traveling around the country for about four months. We were working in New Orleans and New York and Detroit and LA. And before that I was in Calgary. Mm -hmm. And so I had always intended on taking February and March and April down because I just, I was, I was Mm -hmm. kind of cranking things out. And uh, yeah, so I feel like I'm, I'm okay at this time. It, It is scary because, you know, this, this will last longer than, than the time that I allocated to take off. But (laughs) But it is, you know, one one of the things that happened is when I decided to take the time off, 
then I was constantly tempted by projects. Like I was, mm-hmm. you know, going out for interesting jobs that I was excited about, even though I promised myself I would take time off. So it feels like a force well, period of like, you know, you've got to stay put and you can't, can't, there's no FOMO, you know, there's no, there's no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. it's interesting that you were just in New Orleans, Detroit, New York, and here. Have you heard from any of those local crew members that you worked with? Or yeah, I had an amazing crew uh, in in New York, and well, yeah, Woo-hoo, New York. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I, I, oh yeah, there you go, yeah. And uh, it is so interesting, you know, because it it's um, yeah, it just it feels like it feels like it was years ago that I was there, you know, just because yeah. so much had changed in the past couple of weeks. Uh, but they're all doing good, you know. They're it's hard because with you New Yorkers, you guys have small places to live, and the city is your living room. And now the living room's been pulled out from under your feet, and now you've got to be in these small apartments. And a lot of people I know are maybe struggling with that aspect of it. You know, mm-hmm. They can't they can't like enjoy the city in the same way that they usually do. And then um, yeah, New Orleans is like another totally different situation. You know. The, the people that I know there have been through Hurricane Katrina. So yes. they're, they're pretty hard people. They're Yeah, they're pretty hard people. And they're, a friend of mine there has uh, used the word uh, magedy to describe their like energy, which is like magical tragedy. You know, there's magic in the tragedy. There's this coming oh, wow. together. There's this... Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it's such a great word. The premise of the movie that we were working on, we were really um, engaging with a lot of the different mm-hmm. communities in New Orleans and, uh, and, you know, really seeing the class divides and, you know, the, yes, the, they're really the battleground for a lot of what we're dealing with in America. So, you know, they're, they're at the forefront of it and I'm just, wonderful, beautiful people. And um, I find New Orleans crews are pretty resilient. They're really good people and hardworking and pretty resilient. And I think you have to be when you're in a community that has gone through so much tragedy. Mm. It was an interesting thing just to be roaming the world before all this happened. And then, and mm-hmm. then yeah. come back home and just kind of like, and, and enjoy the great pause. That's what my brother calls this experience. Enjoy, yeah. Oh, really? Is he it's, in the industry as well? No, he's not. He, he right. Yeah. So the great pause. Because yeah. <laughs> our pause. Right. That is really good. It's good, but it's also um, wow. as freelancers, we have the great pause for two weeks at a time. So oh, yeah. In the past, right. in yeah. the past, what we would call a great pause was three yeah. weeks. You know. <laughs> oh, I was I was talking to um, a producer director friend of mine yesterday, where he was. He referred to this moment as the research and development phase of humanity. <laughs> oh, <laughs> these are gems. Yeah, this is good. <laughs> these are little gems yes. you've got there, Katie. Yeah. We're 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 going back with some client notes. <laughs> we're gonna, <laughs> we're going to present version yeah. two next. Yeah, yeah. we're going to try and figure out notes. what humanity needs and uh, yeah, uh huh. Take a big red and sharpie that- and make it happen. It's it's interesting because, you know, we've been doing this podcast daily for a couple of weeks now, and we do kind of, I mean, magedy is the first time I've ever heard that, but the, people are seeing the magic in mm-hmm. this awful, uncertain time. Because of this is the great pause, all of our normal responsibilities have been taken off the table in terms of work or, you know, whatever it is that we do for a living. Now our only responsibility is making just enough money so we can feed ourselves yeah. and staying calm and checking in on people. 
So there, there is something really unique about this time period, and and Magidy, I think, really, really kind of encapsulates it. Yeah, and I have to give credit to Jackie Samel who who, who yeah. coined that term. <laughs> but yeah, of it's course, a smart one. <laughs> shout out to Jackie. Now, shout out to Jackie. <laughs> now you mostly work, Chris and I mostly work in commercials and advertising. Mm-hmm. You mostly work in features, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. I don't know how that works for you in terms of, you know, your calendar, what lies ahead, how far out do you usually have your year planned? But I imagine right now everything's kind of off the table on hold, or do you have stuff later in the year that's already lined up that you might still be doing? Yeah, I think that everything's on hold. I I didn't book a job before, you know, this whole thing went down. As an apartment head, you know, you, you guys deal with this as producers. Before the industry shut, I was working on a commercial and I was really stressed about what would happen being in charge of my crew if one of my 30 people that were working on my team called me and said they had a fever, what I would have right. to do that uh, morning. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. As a department head, you know, my job is to just imagine all the problems that could happen and, and be ready for them. And so, you know, yeah, be prepared. So in that moment, I was like, oh, my God. OK, 5 a.m. Is my lead man going to call me with a fever? OK. He's good. All right. Um, is my prop wow. master going to call me with a fever? Okay, very good. You know, so in every person, you you know, you have to come up with a plan for like, well, what happens if that person can't do the job? Wow. Can I call somebody? Yeah. Can I jump in that truck myself and drive it? And I was like, holy shit, if I was on a movie, how hard this would be where there's multiple mm. trucks and there's multiple departments underneath yeah. me, you know, and so... Yeah. So before the industry shut down, I actually, you know, decided I don't want to be, I, I can't, I, I can't lead a project in this time. Right. So um, it's, it's just too, you know, that the stress of, of being a designer is enough and the worry that, you know, that at any moment people could go down, I, you know. I think that's very responsible. Yeah. 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 It takes a lot to say, no, I'm not going to work because I know that it would put other people in the job and other people in jeopardy. And so that's that's what keeps running through my head is how do we how do we crew up in the future with this with this thing looming over our heads? You know, like, do we have people on standby that, you know, mm-hmm. are we have our truck drivers, but we have our like B team that comes in, you know, that that is like our what's it called in like the theater world? relief <laughs> or the, the understudies. <laughs> understudies. <laughs> understudies, right? Yeah. You know, and then I was talking to some friends of our part of studios and I was like, how are you guys dealing with this? Like if an actor has a fever, how do you, how do yeah. you handle this? And you know, when we were working on, come on, come on the movie that we just wrapped, it was like, you know, there was someone on our team that was sick every single day and we had to just, you just have to, you just have to work through it. So if we really do figure out how to test people properly, if, yes. if, if test, testing's key, right? So it's like if it's we're key. able to test, then we can keep moving forward as filmmakers and sort of, you know, work after in the, in the shadow of this uh-huh. pandemic. I think that things are going to be a little bit smaller. And then I also do think that what you're saying, we have to take into consideration. So the just taking it to other departments as well, our DP, the first AC should maybe be somebody who can also operate the camera yeah, just in case. And the best yeah. boy needs to be. Or then we had who suggested it? Maybe the, the gaffer. We're still paying them for the day. Was it Susan? 
Susan Ruid. Yeah. yeah, Anderson. So um, if the gaffer is sick, he can still be on FaceTime because he's still getting paid and he can be talking. It may, it may, mm. mean, it may mean that we need to slow down. And that our 10, 10 to 12 hour days on, you know, on a good day <laughs> or 12 hour yeah. days are we we're not packing in so much content. We have to take it in half and we have to start mm-hmm. a little, and be a little bit slower and methodical about it. Yeah. And I and that I mean, that actually honestly sounds very lovely and healthy. For I know. Us. <laughs> <laughs> mm, utopia. We're inventing it right now. Yeah. We're inventing it. I mean, yeah. and, and I think one thing that this whole crisis is teaching us is like how to install better systems that are more compassionate and include the human experience in a a deeper way. I'm hoping that, you know, a lot of old, old systems that don't serve us will die and we'll adapt to, we'll adapt to what humanity really needs. Exactly. I hope we allow ourselves to, and speaking of sick leave, like in the film industry, you know, you just Mm -hmm. don't call in sick. You go to, you still go to work because the way we've structured what we do, it's all so insular. There's only one person that is the prop master, right? You can't ask the gaffer to fill, to fill in. (laughs) Um, Well, you could, it it is, well, you could, uh, it is a unique situation that we're in, and, and it was interesting to, to hear that you started running through that scenario in your head. Well, what if this person goes down? What if this person goes down? How do you keep the job on track? How do you make sure they're taken care of? It's a unique scenario for filmmaking that we have to kind of address when we start to go back to work to make sure everyone's healthy and has the option to stay home if they need to. Yeah. Right, and maybe um, structuring the budget in the future as well. That includes uh, some overlap for team members and just Sick leave yeah. Or, mm-hmm. yeah. We have you know two prop masters that alternate days. I mean, I don't know what the solution would be, but you know, to begin even thinking about it, I think is important. So we're ready to go. Yeah, and then I think also like you know with the testing, it's like pain is this range mm. that when we are on a project, we're so passion driven when we're working. It's like we have this measurement of pain, which is not consistent. I remember like when I was a kid, my mom would say, is it between one or 10? What is it? And I'd be like, I don't know, it might be like a three or, you know, it might be somebody else's seven. And so we don't trust our own gauge of like what sick actually is, you know? So it's like, if we took a test and we're like, oh, coronavirus or like, oh, I got a fever. If only. Yeah. <laughs> well, I completely agree with that because there's been times and I've been guilty of it. And so everybody, please, this is a great time to judge me. But um, I've been guilty of thinking that somebody's not as sick or as in pain as they are because I personally could handle what they're doing. And that's such a silly mm. thing to think because you can't. If they're feeling pain, you have no idea what they're feeling. You have to go on trust or if they're sick. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, and I do think that testing is very important as well. So we know who has it, who's a carrier, who's immune. We we need that. Yeah, it's a whole different society. Oh, my God. We're just we're really just. We're it's really just um, presenting plans <laughs> for the utopia. I will stop yeah. right there. <laughs> oh, but I do have I do have a utopia, another utopia oh, idea. Oh, okay, a positive right, hold on, guys. <laughs> So one thing one thing that I have always noticed is that there has been the people behind the camera have been some of the most imaginative, creative people I've encountered. 
And a lot of them have super brilliant ideas for their own projects. I, I talk often with these behind the camera people. There's always like this idea of like, oh, well, you know, like if I had time off, I would, I would write that script and I would work on my own thing. But these people are so good at their jobs that they keep um, getting hired and so right. don't have the time to actually do it. So what I'm hoping is this great pause will, will, <laughs> will yeah, create like a create an environment for all of those people, like all of those production assistants, gaffers, cinematographers, prop masters, like to sort of like create this this work and that maybe the work after this thing is all over is is a lot of these voices that um, have these. Yeah you know, uh, like in, in the, in the way that the Me Too movement brought a, a ton of actresses to the forefront to direct. Yeah. I'm kind of hoping that this will be like a shift into giving an opportunity to, to some people that. I think there, I think there's so many platforms right now. Like I know it's been said that Netflix will put anything on the air. <laughs> like I do know that there's so many platforms right now that are looking for content that this is the time yeah, for you yeah. to get your concept together and then work it out. Yeah. That's, you know, if your concept is something that uh, you would like to present, now's the time. That's amazing to hear. And I had a call with my agent a couple of weeks before this whole thing went down and um, he went through every, every single like project that was in development. And it was, it was a pretty dark time, just really realizing like how complacent our industry had become. Oh yeah. And, you know, with all the reboots and the content that films were being made for like lots of money that just kind of lacked some, uh, Inspiration. Originality. <laughs> inspiration and originality. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, to just like take a moment and be like, wait a second, what does what does humanity actually need, and what will they need in six months? And let's just yeah. reevaluate everything. I think it's a really cool moment. I think it's um, it it's a cool moment to get smaller and more local. I know that's been a reoccurring theme in what we've been talking mm -hmm. about, but mm -hmm. figuring out what each community needs and tailoring the product to those needs is going to become important as well. Yeah, absolutely. And even getting smaller personally and, you know, yeah. checking in on yourself more and understanding what you want and what you need. And I kind of woke up the Monday after the weekend, Garcetti shut everything down and I was just like, I can do whatever I want right now. <laughs> I have like no responsibilities. In my house. I can do it in my in my house. In my, in my house, house. Guys. And so you know, and that's when I'm texting, you know, Christian, like, we gotta do a daily podcast. Let's do a daily podcast, um, hurry. <laughs> um, but it was there was, I did have that moment of just like, oh my God, all the rules are out the window. We can do whatever we want right now. The the world's your oyster right now. Yeah. Katie, what are you what are you doing personally to bide this time? And, uh, and if you, and you can after all that talk, you can just say you're sitting on the couch. It's okay. No, those are, that's okay because I, mean, I do that most of the time. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm kind of like most of your guests, where it was like, yeah, I, I go back and forth between like you know being productive and then doing absolutely nothing. Um, mm -hmm. And and I think that you know I I've had a lot of like moments where I've like taken chunks of time off and like gone on retreat, you know, done a lot of interior work and um, I'm cool with it. It doesn't, doesn't bother me. And I feel like supported. Like I know that like work will come and, and all that. So kind of using this time to just like, I don't know, see what kind of, what comes out of me. Um, and, and, and I'm excited to be surprised by whatever that is. 
and mm-hmm. and just <laughs> whatever whatever happens, you know. And and rather than like coming up with a you know a spreadsheet of tasks, I'm excited to just see what what will come. Uh, the one thing that I that I definitely want to do is I is I want to become a better production designer. I I want to. How is that possible? <laughs> You're amazing. <laughs> well, no, I mean I, I think that I. I, I want to learn some new tools. I want to get better mm-hmm. at um, some programs that I'm like weak right. at, you know, like some uh, 3D modeling illustration tools that I'm like not mm. the quickest at. I want to uh, get quicker. Yes. I want to learn how to adapt as a production designer to like fit whatever, you know, like if for instance, we're moving into a different stage of filmmaking, like maybe I can learn yes. some tools to help lead there. Most of the people that I enjoy working with most either started in the two, like in the 2008 financial collapse or came from a background of like working in restaurants or train hopping or whatever it is like this, these people that like, I love working with have a, have something in common, which is this, this gratitude for the work. You know, when, when I, I started in the 2008 collapse, so I thought that it always was just a total gift to get a job and that level of, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I mean, I still think that every, every time I get a job, every time. Yeah. Every time. And I think it's part of the freelance mentality. For sure. And, and I think that, um, entitlement can be like a total passion killer. (laughs) And I think that like humility and gratitude is like, just, you know, it, it puts a sparkle in your eye. About the possibilities. About the possibilities. And, and, and yeah, you just, I mean, the, the truth is, is that like, I feel I, I do feel so grateful for the work that I do. And, and, then, and I've been on a treadmill for two years and I came mm-hmm. from a place of humility. I, I maybe got complacent at times and, and I'm, I'm excited to just get back to like really being so grateful for any work that I get because it's, a, it's an opportunity to like collaborate with such amazing, brilliant minds and earn an income. And, you know, like yeah. it's, it's really special. So I think I'm spending a lot of time remembering, you know, what it what it is to to just be happy to make things and to fall mm-hmm. in love with yeah. the process again. And that we choose to do this. Yeah. Not many people get to choose what they do for a living. Absolutely. Right. And I, I think a lot of, you know, this this experience has brought me a lot back to places in my childhood. I think it has for a lot of us, like, you know, this, this idea of like, summer like summer when you were a kid and you're just like yeah <laughs> uh where you go through moments of boredom and you you know you want to play with your friends but they live far away and you know you're just so I used to just like I used to have every type of hobby that you could name I get lost in all these creative projects and they weren't with any intent to make money or get validation or they were just because I enjoyed doing them and and I think that when you get paid for doing the work and you do it for so long that like it shifts, but I'm excited to get back to that childhood pleasure that I used to have with creativity. What that would be like. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Something to look forward to. Katie, that was lovely. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Oh my God, you got it. And also I just wanted to, um, before we sign off, let you know that I cut out some things from my, um, my expenses. (laughs) Oh yeah, tell us. You have a subscription right. challenge. Okay. She did this. Oh yeah, god. Okay, wait, 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 wait. I gotta get ready. Okay, okay. I'm ready. All right. So I actually 
actually did this two years ago because I read this book Elizabeth Warren wrote where she suggests doing this. And so I did this two years ago. So it isn't the full cutout that I feel like a lot of your guests will give you, but I froze my membership to just float the flotation tank place in Pasadena, which I felt, I felt that. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. There's a flotation place in Pasadena. Lawrence, have you been holding out uh, on me? I did not know about it, but this is <laughs> this is L.A., so it does not shock <gasps> me at all. Oh, plus Katie, Katie knows train hoppers. Apparently, yeah, I so. mean that is that's like the coolest shit that I've heard so in a long time. She's gonna know the, so, the floaty place. Just so you know, sure. you're now yeah. my main girl crush. But go on. Well, I feel sad that I froze that account because you know, like I I know they need the money and they're they're like a cool company. But I you know that that was obviously a cost. I could I could freeze. I went on on my bank statement and there were like random apps that I feel like I I don't even yes. know. Yeah, those were the they're killers. Charging you. Yeah. Yeah. Like about $40 in random apps. So $50 for just float, $40 for random apps. I learned this is another hack um, from a production designer friend named Katie Birmingham that you can go on um, Adobe's creative suite, like the Photoshop website, Mm -hmm. and you can Mm -hmm. cancel your account. and, And if you list why that it's too expensive, they'll give you two free months. Oh, because so, that's I subscribe to them. It's expensive. Yeah, that's one of the ones I've been contemplating, but I've been trying to get better at all of those programs. So it's hard. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they so they will give you two free months if you if you attempt to cancel. So <laughs> that's a hack. nice. There's nice. a hack. Gusto, okay. which is the the payroll software. Um, yeah, they have a really great deal. They um, offer you can freeze payments. If you're going through hardships, so that's about $49 I'm saving there. That's awesome. I thought about quitting Spotify because I think that they're not handling this crisis in an ethical way. Mm. So I'm like kind of contemplating it. I feel like, I mean, they, they've always kind of, you know, musicians aren't most into Spotify for obvious reasons. Yeah. You know, they, they have an opportunity to jump in and help their artists and they haven't yet. So I'm, I'm contemplating that. Well, maybe if enough people cancel, we can get them to do something. Yeah. yeah. And then also it's like we've, we're inside. And so I, I've been like finding old hard drives and like playing music that I listened to <laughs> like 10 years ago. And it's been exciting. I've been like traveling down memory lane. So awesome. Uh, insurance, car insurance has been a huge debacle in my life because Everybody that I've talked to has said completely different things about different insurance companies. So I'm still trying to figure out the best one there. But you still have a car and you still need insurance, right? Yeah, I still have a car. You're looking to like change. Okay. Again, like, you know, this uh, Elizabeth Warren's book, like she was like, go through every single expense and then ask everyone around you what they pay. So it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you are open with that, like I pay $250 a month on auto insurance, which I learned was outrageous. So, you know, I'm yeah. trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Considering uh, getting rid of Netflix and then I have an Audible account and mm-hmm. I can I can cancel that, but I have to spend like 15 of my credits first. So I'm like trying to figure out what books to get before that I do that. <laughs> but yeah, so that's nice. so that's like uh what do I have? Like I guess $150 a month that I have. That's huge. Yeah. That's amazing. That's groceries. Yeah. So thank you guys for 
suggesting to do that. <laughs> Good. Well, you were the you were the second s- second second person to have uh, uh, let us know that they've done it, and and of course Christian and I. We're going to. Yeah, I'm working on it. One thing to be to be gentle on yourself, like for the insurance thing, like it is like a mental spiral, and it's like this thing happens where you're like, oh, that's too much information. I'll deal with that tomorrow, and like you know, tomorrow. Yeah. So it's it's it is be gentle with yourself, and this stuff isn't easy. It's hard to pick up the phone, and all these places are you know impossible to reach right now. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think that one of my major ones, I think, because I'm I'm definitely old enough to have cable. <laughs> and I right. understand that that is a foreign thing to a lot of people these days, especially if you <laughs> were born after a certain point. And it's that's what I feel about that. It's just like call. I mean, that takes and then your cell phone bill and all of that takes days to talk to somebody and phone calls back and they just make it so difficult for you. Oh yeah. And I think you have to wind up threatening and canceling before you get any leeway. And that was before all of this. Now I can't, I mean, yeah. So that one's why, that's why I've been procrastinating. Well, a lot of the, a lot like Photoshop, that is something you can do online. Gusto, that's something you can do online. I actually also wrote Dropbox and they're um, getting back to me, but I've been dealing with someone Mm. there. So that might that might be something that we can also freeze. Yeah. Suspend or just like cut in half or any of these things. Yeah. I know companies will work with you, but you have to be the one to reach out to them. Nobody's giving you anything for free. Yeah. So no, no one's off no one's offering anything straight up. No. So you just gotta make They're the, just waiting. Yeah. Make the plea. Wow, well, that's awesome. I know. That Thank was, you so that was much. Great. It inspires then, me to think about doing it. And the note to be kind to yourself as well is important. Yeah. You know, don't don't stress about it. Get turn off the online stuff, the easy stuff first, and then if you feel like it, dive in. Yeah, that's cool. I'm glad you did. Yeah, it. thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, thank you for sharing. All right, thank you, Katie. Thanks for <laughs> yeah. spending some time with us and sharing your oh thoughts. Oh my god, it was it's lovely just, to uh, connect with helpful. people in this period of isolation. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, there's many things. I mean, like her entire interview was just a, a like a a piece of candy. Yeah. <laughs> it was a just delicious so, morsel. I, delicious. And I'm sad it's over. Yeah. <laughs> what I think the most interesting part is as a producer, and I do consider myself creative, and I know you do, too, as a creative producer, right? We're just not those... Um, structured, militant, A-type producers right. who have to do it like this. You know, we're, we're definitely more moldable to circumstance, right? Yeah. And what I loved hearing from her was just like, I'm not a spreadsheet <laughs> kind <laughs> of list maker. <laughs> you right. know, she's just doing it organically, which is so appealing because, you know, the first thing I think we're, thought, we're taught in our industry as a PA is to make a list, yeah. write it down. Have you done your list? You know, those were the major things that I was taught. And it's so daunting a list sometimes. I've I've evolved Uh past lists. I always go back to thinking, I should probably do a list and then I'll be more organized and then I'll know what I'm doing. So her creative take on it of how she's getting through this was amazing for me to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. 
I just enjoyed designing Utopia with her. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's she, a fun. That's, oh. that's my new favorite hobby: designing Utopia with Katie Byron. Yes, she could absolutely be on our ad hoc committee of how things yes. should be um, moving forward. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> plus, she knows train hoppers. Yeah, she knows train. We didn't even dive into that, but uh, yeah. I feel like that's something <laughs> she just, that— I like how she just casually threw that out. You, you know, know, I worry a lot of people who, you know, maybe are waiters or train hoppers and— <laughs> <laughs> You know, who didn't go to college. You're like, what? Who the fuck? How does she what? Because it's very specific. So A, very either specific. she was a train hopper. Don't tell anyone. Or B, <laughs> she's close to a train hopper. So yeah. I, yeah, I'm very—we're uh, going to have to have her back. We'll Just have her on back. a train yes. hopper episode. Just on a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but her friends quote, magedy, magic and tragedy uh, as to, to, compared to what we're going through right now. I mean, I think that. <laughs> We just had, I think we had a breakthrough moment on this podcast. Yes. And I know she, she credited it to, to somebody else, but she was one that delivered it to us. Magedy, it is what we're going through. There is magic in this tragedy. The and it's about pause. finding it. Yeah, the great It's pause. about finding it. We have this great pause and we can redesign the rules going forward. Hopefully we can redesign. We can redesign rules for ourselves going forward. And hopefully we can redesign the process of what we do going forward as well. Yeah, these talks that we do every day, you know, absolutely give me hope. And I do know that I'm going to be ending today's podcast with a lot of hope. And it's because I was able to speak to Katie. It was great. Yeah, yeah. I know. All right. I can't, I mean, she's my new girl crush. So I, she is. Anyway. Well, next next time you come to L.A., you know who to hire. Well, or drink with. I'm not sure. Or drink with. Yeah. All of it. So. All right. I think that's it for today. Yeah. Well, everybody, stay safe, stay connected, stay active, and please stay home. Stay home. Um, Wash your damn hands. Don't touch your damn face. You know who the hell you are. (laughs) Yes. And please send us your recordings or emails to Producers Happy Hour at gmail.com. We want to share your story because I've reached out to a lot of people on LinkedIn that I know to send us their stories. And they say, well, I don't really have much of a story. Mine's not that exciting. I'm just working from home. But that's not true. Your story is interesting. That will resonate with somebody. You know, do you have kids at home? The fact that you're at home making something right now can be inspiring to somebody out there who doesn't have anything. So all stories are important and it all helps our community feel a little less alone right now. I I completely agree. And I think that I'm going to go back to Josh Jupiter and the way that he's handling this versus the way Katie Byron is handling this are opposite spectrums. I mean, absolutely opposite. And I think that that is why we're doing this is so that we can get multiple perspectives on what we're going through, because each little bit of what each person has said has appealed to me. Yeah, absolutely. Same here something that they've said exactly so yeah. well lawrence how can people reach you directly oh they can get me at lawrencetlewis.com or for voiceover work voice of and christian how do people put you on hold for the job uh, all the jobs that are coming our way. In the I know. Future. I'm very excited, everyone. <laughs> so please go directly to sisterchristianproduces.com. I'm available and I'm ready to go for right. whenever. <laughs> whenever. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Yes, talk to you all tomorrow. Bye. Yeah, um, tomorrow it is. Until tomorrow, Lawrence. Until tomorrow. (laughs) Bye.
Bye.